Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. Bregman would like to get him to scamper home. Two on, two out. Tenth inning. That's in the air to left. Here comes Fisher. Throw by Ethier. Astros win it. A deep dive on baseball. Wade Boggs is a Hall of Fame third baseman. The man's a legend. And much more. He drank 50 beers on a cross-country flight and then absolutely destroyed the Seattle Mariners the next day. Okay. <laughs> the number of beers is actually highly disputed. Some say 50. Some said as many as 70 beers. Which is an absolutely insane amount of beer. Nobody can drink that much. Not with an attitude like that. Now here are your hosts for the Hot Corner, Patrick Harris. The seven-foot kid that strokes it with the acne on his back. Then Mike Lynch. Excuse me, he looks really hot. On 1080 The Fan. Hey, bada, 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 sawing, bada. Hey, hit records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? What is up, Portland? Welcome to the Hot Corner. No, this voice isn't as raspy as what you're uh, normally used to hear. This is Joe Fisher, the producer. But tonight we're uh, we're doing a little bit of an infield shift. So the hot corner with Harris and Lynch is the hot corner with Harris and Fish Woo! and Lynch because uh, he's still producing tonight, as you heard from the update. But uh, yeah, this is the second time of us doing this. Every once in a while, you got a call to the bullpen. You do, you do, and I appreciate you guys throwing me the bone on this one. Um, Second time doing this last year, we did this, but it was a little bit different because uh, like Russia attacked our company and planted a virus or something or someone was looking at like porn on their computers. Uh, Zika. Yeah, I remember Zika. (laughs) And uh, literally no way for any of our stations here at our building to stream the shows. The only way you could have listened to us last year when I did my show was only live was AM radio, terrestrial AM radio. That's it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Which isn't isn't bad thing. At I all. listen to AM radio damn near every single day. Hey, I just about do uh, do to myself with uh, this station here. So, <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. When you're working, you're like, hey, nobody listens more than I do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we couldn't stream last year. So this year we are streaming. Hey, on the radio.com app on our website. So instead of like five listeners last year, we might have like ten. My, my mom and my grandma or something like that might be listening. So we got a couple extra listeners this time. around. But we're an hour later now. That's so right. Yeah. So maybe still five. <laughs> when I was telling people about uh, the show tonight, I was like, hey, I'm going to be hosting. If you want to tune in, you know, it's going to be at eight o'clock. They're like 8, p- 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, I forget. That's like when normal people start to go to bed and stuff and call it a night. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, I've been doing this show for like four years now. And anytime anybody asks me, when's your show on? I'm like seven and nine. They're like in the morning. Perfect. I drive. And it's like, no, 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 no. no. So again, thanks uh, for you guys throwing me a bone uh, this time around. I like to do it this time of year with like a month left in the season to just kind of get us ready for that last month. The playoff races are happening. 
um, batting titles. I mean, it, it's last month. It's September fever. This is when it uh, really matters. So I really like doing this show. Um, well, it helps me out because I'm blacked out right now. Like, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, really bright in the studio. Mike and I are used to doing it, like, in pitch black. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I felt like the very dark studio would have, like, thrown me off, and I would have had no idea where I'm at. Hey, baby, we're all here for you. Yeah, so, um, but... What was weird is that when we were planning this show, and I still don't know why you even considered this, is that you wanted to learn how to run the board and like yep. do updates, yep. and then Mike would sit in your chair and be the two. We're gonna do it. <laughs> we're gonna do it at some point. When I when I when I when I uh, competed in Hunt for the Host, yeah, that's, right. uh, okay. Uh, one one of the last things when it was down to me and the great Jarvez, uh, who I still see from time to time. He actually goes to the church. Uh, right next to my house. Oh, nice. So every once in a while on Sunday, I, I see him and we chat and we catch up. And and I remember when we were competing at the very end, one of it was I had to come in at 8 in the morning and Swag made me write an update. And I had to do an update. <laughs> Such a Swag thing to do. <clears throat> right. Total, total Swag move. And I did it where you're sitting right now. Perfect. <clears throat> and there was no one in here. Like Cowherd was on the air. And it was time to do an update. And it was I was the most nervous ever to just do an update because if you're somebody that listens to the station, you know, updates are, are a big deal. Yeah. You know, you know that, you know, there's Joe swag, Mike, like those are your, I don't get up early enough. So I don't know who does the morning show anymore. <laughs> it's Ryan Buckley. Uh, now. Okay, cool. Yeah. Hi Ryan. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so, you know, you know, I know those voices more than anybody because the update is at the top of the hour and the bottom of the hour. Yeah. And so those are the guys I hear. So I got all this pressure on me. And I get done, and it's like, oh, oh, I did it. I did it. Swag, how was it? He was like, it's fine. Nobody's listening. It's coward anyway. <laughs> I think I did the same exact thing as you did. And um, when I finished my update, instead of turning coward on so that way we could play it through our radio, I ended up turning on the studio next to us. And then just this weird, like, bassy whine just started ooh, coming out of the speakers. And I'm like, what is going on? What is going on? <laughs> Swag runs in from this room because he was doing the updates in here. I was just running the board. He runs in there and then he just looks at the board, click, 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 fixes it. And I'm just like, oh my God. I'm fired already. Yeah. And that, I'm pretty sure that was literally the first day he had me come in here. Ah, uh, yes. The, the, the news one pot that gets little to no use. And it works now. Like we can't can use it. Yeah. yeah. Kent, our engineer, he set it all up so we can use it. And at that time, Apparently, that's just what you got was just a, a wine through our studio. So what would we ever use that room for? I think we were planning to do uh, like Ducks traffic, have our traffic guy be in there. And then whoever. I don't then, know what that is. Oh, for um, since we have the Ducks, since we are the home of the Ducks on 1080 The Fan now, our post game shows, Brandon Sprague is running our post game show in here. And we were going to have our uh, traffic guy, Preston, in there running it. But uh, instead, he's just in here doing his thing. So gotcha. Gotcha. So. Um, let's get to the show. Like I said, it's kind of an infield shift tonight. And also we might have to get to this, but, um, like an infield shift in radio, what positions would you consider like the one and the two in an infield? Ooh. I want to get to that later. Maybe Ooh, we'll I like that. Maybe we'll close the show out with that, but Ooh, um, I like that idea. But uh, make sure to text in to the better you today. Text line five, five, three, oh, five and hit us all up on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Joe fish three F I S C H. You got, 
at P Diddy 503. 085. Dude, I screwed that up last year, too, and I'm pretty sure I said 503. Joe, you've been the producer of this show for like three years. <laughs> You're never on Twitter. <laughs> no, right. no. I'm an Instagram kid. I'm an Instagram kid. That's right. Uh, what's the Instagram then? Same. P Diddy 085. Perfect. And then <clears throat> at Mike Lynch 27, the hardest working man at 1080. Oh, he knows you, my Twitter handle. Oh, so you that, know Mike. You huh? know how important we are here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's active on Twitter. He is an active Twitter participant. So, so. I'm the rover in the outfield, is what we're saying here. I'm hey. the soft ball fourth man outfield <laughs> basically you're the we're going based on your twitter usage yeah <laughs> so um so those are our twitter accounts hit us up on their text line a better you today text line 55305 we have a pretty solid show um manners they're giving us uh, stuff to talk about some things are going on up in seattle um we'll get to that some interesting things uh we also have shohei otani uh he got some news today about his elbow not so good news we also talk about uh, J.D. Martinez, Juan Dulio. Juan Dulio. Juan Dulio, one of our Rears his ugly head again. <laughs> and um, I didn't find this out until like literally minutes before the show, but he made a really weird Instagram post. I don't know. Did you guys see that? Uh, I do not follow Juan Dulio on Instagram. Neither as do this, I. As this may be a shock to most people. <laughs> I actually don't follow many sports athletes. I wanted to follow Verlander for a while just because of his wife. Yeah, that'd be a good uh, But then I'd have to follow Verlander. Then you should just follow him. his wife then. Oh, good call, Mike. <laughs> Is that how this Instagram well, but then works? I'd get you really, said you're on Instagram. But then I'd get really mad. She'd have like 30 posts that were just all Kate Upton, and then I'd get one with, with you know, JV on it, and i just wait, wait, wait. So you want JV more than you want Kate Upton? No, I don't follow. I wanted to follow JV to see Kate Upton, but I didn't want to see JV. Now, if I follow Kate Upton, the one out of 30 that I see JV would make me mad. Sounds like a lot of complaining for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> He's and, cocky and arrogant. And honestly, I think that might be a good strategy because you can like people can look at what pictures you've liked. And if maybe they say like, oh, uh, P. Diddy 085. Hey, there we go. Uh, P Diddy zero eight five liked two hundred pictures from Justin Verlander's account. Yeah, not good. People people will like breeze over that and they're like, oh whatever. But if it says P Diddy zero eight five likes two hundred pictures from Kate Upton's account, then people are like, uh, Patrick's a little bored and I wonder what he's doing at home. So maybe I had to take matters into my own hands. Nom nom nom. So, all right, moving on from Justin Verlander. Well, now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that was me too, firing off those drops. I like having this power over here. All right, no, there. Uh, we're gonna get to our next segment. There, there's a team that I follow and support, and I talk about a lot. Um, they're playing in the Northwest right now. They're playing some of the worst baseball in the majors, and uh, all seems hopeless and bleak. They're getting in fights in their clubhouse. You'd think I'd be talking about my Baltimore Orioles, but no, we're talking about the Seattle Mariners. It's fight night in Seattle. We get to uh, talk about the Mariners brawl next on the hot corner with Harris and fish and Lynch on 1080. The fan. This is the hot corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080. The fan. So uh, I opened a segment last year by saying that uh, my Orioles beat the Mariners. Woo -woo! Um, they're playing right now, so I can't say that they are, they did or are beating them. Because um, it's one nothing Mariners in the top of the fourth inning right now. You could um, say they beat them because they, they did yesterday. They did. They did just beat the Mariners yesterday, five to three. So um, that was cool seeing that. Um, I usually root for the Mariners, and that's a base hit for Adam Jones. <sighs> Gonna get to first. There we go. 
Um, and so I always uh, root for the Mariners. But uh, when my O's are in town or they're in Baltimore, sorry, go Baltimore. And uh, so they beat them yesterday, which was cool. But um, a couple Mariner players tried to beat each other before the game yesterday. Um, and thank you, I guess, to them because they're giving us something to talk about. Hallelujah. Right. Well, um, we remember last week we all sat here and uh, basically said, "R.I.P." We'll never talk about the Mariners again. Yeah, I see, believe that's what we said, right? The that, three of us, we all agreed. Yeah, we were done, just about, right? Um, well, but, Mariners, they they weren't done, or at least D. Gordon and Gene Segura, they they weren't done with each other. They were probably listening to the show and said, "You know, hey, hey, oh, you think we're done? We got one more stop for we can, you." Yeah, we hear Joe Fish is hosting a show. Let's give it. <laughs> let's give him a second. Let, let's right? let's get a little wild over let's here. Let's help him out here. So, um, what we're talking about is that uh, D. Gordon, second baseman, outfielder, does basically whatever they need him to for the Mariners, and Gene Segura on Tuesday, uh, before their game against the Orioles, which they lost. Five to three. Again, just got to remind him. Um, it stemmed from, a, I think, a misplayed pop-up in the Monday game, which they won two to one. Um, and Segura apparently wasn't happy about it. Um, so I'm guessing that they voiced frustrations toward each other. And then uh, he said something to D. Gorn. And D. Gorn's like, all right. Goes to the media, tells them to get out, closes the doors behind them. And then just moments after uh, yelling, a brawl, things crashing, thrown, you know, you know what a fight sounds like when you're like at a bar, you know, where there's a lot of stuff around. That's basically what's happening. Apparently the doors flung open too, and people could somewhat see what was going on. So the Mariners, uh, at least two of their best players, um, they got in a, in a fight and their season at this point is over. Like we said last week and a lot of the players, and I, I heard this is that like, listen, this happens all the time in sports. You're with these dudes literally every waking moment there's going to be times where you just butt heads and there's an argument got to have the player meeting whatever the case is it's not always going to be just a fine perfect clubhouse even for the red Sox, i'm sure they've had their moments this year where a couple players tripped at each other but the players they like played it off even scott service you know uh it's all right they're competitors you know they just really want to win he wasn't even in the clubhouse you know yeah that's a very good point he, he wasn't in the clubhouse see it. he was on the field and then had to come back and all right what happened what happened and then um, sorry guys can you please tell me i am out of the loop here so a lot of players and probably some media people i don't know like they played it off as it wasn't that big of a deal but i think it is a huge deal because i feel like uh Personally, this could be the low point in the Scott service era. Um, if you look at the Mariners over the past, because he's been there, this is his third season there. Mm -hmm. um, the first season he was there, they didn't really have expectations. I mean, they have missed the playoffs for forever. First time, you know, first time with a new manager. Um, right, and none of us knew who he was. Right, right. So, and they did okay. They finished above 500, but they never, I think I was looking back, they never got better than 10 games above 500 that season. Was this the year? So this wasn't the year. This is the year after Felix could have won the last game of the season. It ended up not mattering. But if he would have beat Toronto, they might have got in the playoffs. I believe is so. Is that the year before service came? I think so. I think that was the last year of Lloyd McClendon. Was that the year Kluber won the sigh when we sat here and said Felix should? I don't remember. That'd be 2014. No, I think it might have been a little year after that. 2015. Okay, yeah. okay. So, Sorry, I digress. No, it's all good. Um, so they were they were okay that first year, but they weren't competing for a playoff spot. They weren't like this season where they started off on fire. 
Um, last year, we know kind of the story there. Starting pitching sucked and got injured a lot, so they were just running through guys like Sam Caviglio, all these random dudes. So, um, And now this season, they start off on such a tear that, you know, everyone even said, I did it more so to troll Mariner fans, but it's like, dude, playoffs are a lock. You guys are in it. You guys are going to the playoffs. Everybody's, you know. We we're all guilty. Of it. I th- I thought so too. We are. I all, actually believed it. I wasn't. Trolling. We were all hey, in no, on it. Well, I believed it too, but I liked to troll Mariner fans because I knew it made them irk and get upset. That in like June, I'm saying like, you guys got playoffs, man. Don't worry, kick your feet up. You guys are fine. They'd be like, dude, shut the hell up. Seriously, <laughs> like nobody wants to talk to you, I, man. I got one buddy who's a a big Mariner fan, and I just I did that to him one night, and the look on his face, he just wanted to kill me because he knew <laughs> that what could happen is what happened these last couple months. Mariners absolutely falling apart. So I'm saying it, it is the low point of the Scott service era because of how they started this season and where they're at. And then obviously they're freaking fighting in the clubhouse. I mean, that's just, that, that really gets to the, that's the lowest of the low. You think this is on Scott service? I don't think it's on him. I just think, but you think this, this, this is a bad mark on his reign. Well, and especially during this year when they started off so well and granted, again, they had some of the starting pitching injuries um and this season is very unique in itself where it's like a collapse i don't know if you could call it a collapse because it hasn't been over the the final month but man they had an 11 game lead on the a's i mean we know we know the story at this point yeah and they've that's a big lead and they fell apart i mean they let's be honest the the a's are now way above them i think six games um they've they've leaped them and I don't know how well, I mean, Scott service, he's had to make, make do with basically what he's had this season and last season. Um, I don't think this leads to him getting fired by any means. Like, right, I, right. Know, I think he's got at least another year in him, but best believe that after this season, he's on the hot seat. Yeah. You would have to think, I mean, I, again, I understand the starting pitching has been tough and they've been getting injured a lot and that doesn't really help because how the hell do you find like, oh, he's a healthy pitcher. He's always stayed healthy. That's not like something that is like their fastball is dominant or their splitter is unhittable. He's healthy all the time. You can't predict when guys are going to be healthy and unhealthy. So um, I just think that this is definitely a low point for the Mariners. And again, this is baseball. Plenty of time. Something can happen. And then who knows? Mariners are in the wild card game. But at this point, with this just happening yesterday, definitely the low point in Scott Service's time. I'm not saying it's on him. Like, you know, that was a good question. Right. For but uh, if this season ends out how it's expected to be, and then next year they don't do anything, what what do you do? I think you have an interesting point there. <clears throat> I mean, I think some of this does boil down to, uh, you know, Mike's favorite GM, Jerry DePoto. For sure. Uh, you know, I do think that there are some struggles. I think there's some really bad contracts on this team. Uh, but, yeah, I I, I think if I'm a Mariner fan, I probably sit there and I'm fairly happy with service as a manager so far. I think I think at the end of the day, as we sit here looking around and saying, yeah, as we said last week, that yeah, this Mariner team is probably toast. They're probably done. You know, here comes the funeral procession. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know if those guys truly thought they were out of it. After hearing about this, that tells me that those guys think they're out of it. Because with Robbie Cano out, you know, for, excuse me, for his suspension, 
Who's playing second base the most? D Gordon, right. correct? So you're talking about, you know, obviously you're not actually like talking to each other per se, but you you're up the middle. How many double plays are you turning together? I mean, you're with each other the entire time. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that one guy is slamming a door shut on reporters and the other, and he gets in a fight with the other dude that you would think are kind of neck and neck like homies with each other. Right. That makes me think that this club, we all thought this, but now they all know they're done. And granted, uh, I think Cano was saying like, ah, it's over. Like they've talked it out. We figured it out. It's done. Well, We've of course they're going to say that. And um, I mean, both of those guys, Gene Segura, at least, I mean, D Gordon, I don't, I haven't known enough about them or read enough about their personal, like what they're like off the field, but they both seem like pretty level headed dudes. Right. Um, so I feel like that it is something that, you know, sometimes hotheads boil over and then you're able to talk about it and then, Hey, let's be bros, bro. <laughs> let's be bros, bros. <laughs> you know, able to work it out. And, yeah. You know, and so maybe those two going forward are just fine. Um, and maybe this makes them stronger. You know, some fights do that. Well, they need something. Um, but, I mean, I guess that's my next point is, like, what needs to change. I mean, we obviously, we're we're done with them this year. Between this but this offseason, what needs to change? What needs to be different? Like I said, healthy, consistent pitching, because that's kind of a – that's not something that you can just be like, oh, we got that. That's, you know, oh, let's pick up this guy. He's healthy and he's consistent all the time. Perfect. Throw him in. Well, I don't know. Like, <clears throat> I think what I think what's really tough about this team is that this team needs a jolt of young people. This team needs a jolt of energy. Yeah, and and there's no farm system. Yeah, it's Mitch trash. Hanniger is your future. Like, that's clearly your future. And Segura's young enough. And D's young enough that you can maybe have it. I, th- I think the biggest problem is, is that you're still stuck with Felix, Robbie, Nelson, and, you know, my favorite player in all of Major League Baseball, Kyle Seeger. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, you know, it, that I think this team still has way too much we should lose, we always lose mentality. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but there's there's a lot of new guys kind of, I don't know, maybe it's just wearing the Mariner uniform that that mentality just kind of <laughs> seeps into your bloodstream and your nerves, and then after a while it's like, yeah, I guess we kind of suck. It's like know? hook them like, horns. You know how they have hook them horns and the horns go up? Right. But the Mariners have the trident, so it's like three <laughs> down. You're like, oh, crap. Yeah, um... Like Texas not being back, the Mariners are not back. Um, hopefully they're back next year. But like I said, they, they need they need something. I, like I said, it's hard to put your hand on it um, as far as whether it is the starting pitching or like you said, kind of that jolt of youth into them. And they don't have that because their farm system is poo. It'll so. be fun. It'll be fun to hear what John says at the end of the year. Yeah, most definitely. So. All right, so we go from uh, one AL West team that is uh, screwing things up to another AL West team who might have screwed up one of their best players whose elbow is screwed up. We talk about Shohei Otani next. We've got some uh, unfortunate news. So Shohei coming up next. But first, hardest working man at 1080, Mike Lynch with a SportsCenter update. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Should I just uh, start freestyling? I mean, I'm in. <laughs> well, don't mimic Patrick. Just be your own person. Be your own host. Whoa, 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 whoa. If I'm trying to... Do I ever flow? <laughs> I don't know if you have whoa. ever. 
There should be a separate question. Do you ever attempt to flow? Yes. Do you ever flow? Mm, debatable. Well, I mean, I was consulted. Marshall just dropped a new album, and he let me know if it was. He asked me to let him know if it was any good before he dropped it. Hey, boss man, listen in to me hosting the hot corner tonight. You see me spitting bars. Spitting bars. <laughs> I keep forgetting Eminem came out with a new album. I want to listen to it. You know, supposed, supposed to be fire. I heard he makes fun of that that uh, that D bag that uh, goes to all the sporting events that doesn't write his own stuff. The Miami Marlins uh, guy? No, oh. no, the Toronto Raptor dude. Yeah. Drake. Oh, Drake. Drake. Oh, yeah. That's oh, he has right. a name. I never knew his name. Drake, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Stop. All right. Um. So, Shohei Otani, earlier today, he um got a MRI. He's been playing for the Angels well this whole season, but he got uh, a UCL sprain back in June and they shut him down for about a month. Shut him down. Um, they let him keep batting because uh, his UCL sprain did not affect that. It obviously just affected his pitching. And Shohei Otani with a bum UCL was better than everyone else on the Angels not named Simmons or Trout. Basically, yeah. Honestly, that's and it showed tonight. Um, so Shohei Otani, he had the grade two UCL sprain, I believe. It was specifically a grade two. Um, and then uh, yesterday was his, I believe, his first start since kind of coming back in July and batting. He's been batting just about every day uh, playing DH, but I believe yesterday was his first pitching start uh, since like June when they found out that he had the UCL sprain. And it did not go good. It did not. It did not go well. There were many things <clears throat> that uh, I think Sosha spoke about. After I think uh, he took a comebacker uh, on his hand, which uh, he tried to say was the reason for uh, his loss in velocity. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that uh, like graphic that went up uh, yesterday. I, didn't. I forget who tweeted it out. Um, but uh, it basically shows his pitcher's fastball, splitter, slider, curveball. And um, on the graph, it's got his pitching velocity and then, like, how many numbers of pitches he threw. And as the pitches totals increase, the velocity on each pitch starts to go down. On fastball, like, the slider, exponentially it starts to go down after about he after he threw it about five times. It just dropped in velocity. Right. I'm going to go with that that has nothing to do with the comebacker that he took. I'm going to go with that's the fact that he's missing a ligament in his elbow. <laughs> <laughs> seriously dude like i'll i'm gonna have to send this to you somehow because it's like after he threw his fifth uh splitter and his fifth slider yesterday it just went so like we off should a cliff. so avoid the tommy john and let's just make shohei otani the the the, the, mo the greatest 15 pitch closer of all time <laughs> send him to the bullpen right yeah it's not working out and starting pitching that's what they do um so he went to uh went in today after his uh, performance yesterday, he gave up two hits, one of those being a home run. He walked two guys uh, and gave up an, a home run, two earned runs. He was only out there for two and a third. Um, and then they give him an MRI today. And it turns out that Shohei Otani needs Tommy John surgery. If somebody ever came to me and was like, you know what, Patrick? I think you need to go in for an MRI. That is the worst news I ever want to hear. <laughs> like, if you're a pitcher and someone's like, you know... I think we should get your elbow checked out. I'm like, oh, no. It's oh, time God, for no. a dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. oh, God, no. MRI. Yeah, and that's... Um, but MRIs, I feel like they're so common in baseball now. 
You get a bruise. Well, let's get an MRI just in case. Right. Let's make sure. You do and that's one of the most expensive medical procedures, but in sports, that's ah, fine. I was going to say, that, that might be where I lie, that it's like, you know, as a guy that, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that my job offers me benefits and, you know, and I have insurance. And You could still be paying a lot for that MRI, though. You know, with these, uh, you know, I've got this, this ailment continuing to uh, surface here that uh, I'm fortunate that I can see somebody to get it fixed. But you uh, have your rib literally spun in a different direction. I did get it spin, spun today, and it what? feels so much better. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I don't want to divert too much, but. Well, yeah, like. Uh, my interest. With welcome to the Hot rib- Corner After Dark. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah this rib getting twisted oh, around. Oh, man. Hot Corner After Dark. You got to be ready to just kind of do anything. We go anywhere. Uh, I went to my Cairo today. Uh, I wish I could. Uh, Shout the name out on the radio, but that would be clearly a bias. Uh, she <laughs> I think was be fine. <laughs> she was absolutely she's been absolutely fantastic. Um, she reached around to the back side of my ribs. You're like, oh sorry, I just keep thinking of after dark stuff and you know the the reach around the backside, blah blah blah. Um and Patrick, come on. she goes, I'm not gonna touch where it hurts, um, but I can do this for you. And she basically like popped my back, but turned it. And I felt this little right in my ribs. And I was like, whoa. Nice sound. And I effect. felt it. And she goes, yep, that was your rib rotating. And I was like, my rib's rotating. She was like, yeah, it's out of line. So I got to adjust it. Who doesn't like a good rubby action? Truth. Truth. Yeah. And she got it. You said it yourself. She got it. All right. So uh, Shohei Otani, he doesn't have rib issues. Uh, he's got to get a Tommy John surgery. And the reason they're doing this now is because they don't want to, like, not do it, go the whole offseason. And then he comes in spring training and. They're like, oh, hey, you need Tommy John, and now you're out for 2020 also. Well, the reality is, is should they not have done this? Yeah, probably. Three months ago (laughs) when we thought of it? I mean, we sat here and talked till the cows came home, you know? Like, hey, you're not ready to win right now. You got to get some contracts off the books. You know, Pujols is not too far away from coming off the books. Then you go out and get some free agents and build this team. If this kid... I emphasize the word kid is going to have Tommy John do it now. Stop looking at the home runs that he can hit. And I know he hit two tonight and that's awesome. Yeah. That's especially, ridiculous, honestly. Yeah. Especially somebody, <laughs> somebody saying like, Hey, you need to have Tommy John. He's like, Hey, you think I need Tommy John? I'm gonna go hit two dingers. <laughs> and you tell me if I need Tommy John again and I'll punch you in the face. Like that's how I would look at it too. Or he'll karate chop him. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, Hey man, you should have just done this three months ago because yeah. then he'd be back in July next year. And now if he has Tommy John now, he's going to miss all of next year. Yeah, he will miss all of next year. And he'll miss all of 2019. And then what happens is in 2020, Mike Trout, that's his last year. And then he walks. And now you're just the Angels again. But instead of Trout, you have Otani. The Anaheim Otanis. Instead of having Otani and Trout. Like, I don't get this. Yeah. I don't get it. I think he's poor management from the Angels. For sure. They should have just put him under the knife. And I know he probably has a lot to say, whatever he wants. But it's like, come on, guys. You know You've got to do this. You know what's funny about it, too, is that, like, they ver- they it's very clear they value his pitching. I think that's, you know, obvious at this point. Otherwise, they wouldn't have, been, they wouldn't have tried to throw him back out there. Uh, last night but the thing is is if they value his pitching so much then why wouldn't have you done that tommy john surgery right. three months isn't ago? that the thing that it's like hitting dingers is like a bonus for them yeah because exactly. they want to be a pitcher yeah yeah considering they have no other pitching <laughs> like let's protect the arm that's like that's like uh you know Bumgarner needs surgery on his tommy john but uh he can still hit dingers so let's just keep him out there so i mean 
Should they cut their losses with his pitching and just make him bat 162 and just... I feel like they're just really, like I said, they value the pitching. I don't know if you saw this stupid stat that they pulled up so that way they could compare Otani to Babe Ruth, but it's mm. like um, batters that have hit 15 home runs and pitched 50 innings in right. a season, and the only two have ever done are Babe Ruth and Shoei Otani. thing is, is like Babe Ruth hit like 33 home runs, and Otani has 16. Yeah. And he Otani's literally only pitched like 50-something innings, and – Ruth that season pitched like 150. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a little bit of a difference there. Um, well, I but, think, and that's where I'm saying it's like, dude, in today's, like, you could do that back in 1920, but I think in today's baseball landscape, I don't think you can have a dude play both positions or play pitching and DH, or at least, at least the Angels can't manage that. Well, this, that's what we know. If this is the guy that does it, let let let's just let's just say you know, grand scheme scenario. Let, let's just say the, the sky's the limit, and I'm being super positive right now. Let's say Otani is the guy that can pitch and hit, okay? Pitching is going to be the most valuable aspect from him, and considering his age, would you not want to protect his pitching for the long term as opposed to getting it, getting his hitting in the short term? Because hitters can hit. Pitchers will eventually lose their pitch. Right. Because, like, super stud pitchers, you know, with the exception of Hall of Famers, I was about to name some dudes, and I was like, oh, all those guys are Hall of Famers. With the exception of Hall of Famers, pitchers have a window of, like, four to five years. They're almost like like running backs. Right. You know, like, hey, that guy was really good for three years. Look at Hisashi Iwakuma, okay, a Mariner pitcher. Wow. Super solid dude for about four years and then couldn't pitch again. Okay, but let's look at a guy like Miggy Cabrera. All right, he's been playing since he was 19 years old. He's not very good right now, and he's still batting 272. I mean, he's not really because he's hurt. Well, that is good. But you know what I mean? Well, that's all right. (laughs) I think it's good. (laughs) I think it's all right. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy that was batting over 300 for his entire career, and now he's 36, and he's like, hey, I can bat 280. And you're like, I'll take that. Yeah. To where, you know, a guy who's pitching at 24 – Who's, you know, like, look at Barry Zito. Okay. Barry Zito pitches for three years and he's fantastic. And then all of a sudden he can't, he can't throw, throw baseball from, you know, the, the pitching mound to second base. So if you want this guy to be a pitcher, you got to take care of him now, get him, get him taken care of now and not wait for it later. Yeah. Three months ago, take care of him three months ago, three months ago. So real quickly, because I know we're up against it. I saw a really funny onion article. (laughs) <laughs> I think um, I know which one you're talking headline, about. I think I saw it too. The headline uh, reads, Shohei Otani regrets not researching which teams were good before signing with Angels. <laughs> 100% agree. That is uh, that is accurate. I wonder, um, I wonder what he'd be like on the Mariners right now. Gosh, yeah. You think won't... he'd be in the middle of that fight with Segura and uh, <laughs> and D. Gordon? No, he would have had Tommy John in May. He would have Truth, round... he would have. <laughs> DePoto would have been like, you're having Tommy John. He would have a roundhouse kicked all of them. Um, and then real quickly too, just the Angels – Really unlucky the last four years. So, yeah, over the last four years, Tyler Skaggs, Garrett Richards, Andrew Haney, Nick Trapiano, JC Ramirez, Kanan Middleton, um, who I think is from Milwaukee, by the Ooh. way, Milwaukee High School. So, go Mustangs. Blakewood, John Lamb, and Shohei Otani, um, all with UCL injuries within the last four years. Uh, time to get a new strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, that's something's because. Or maybe Sosha is over the hill. 
<laughs> I would fire Mike Sosha. So before every show, Patrick uh, sends Mike and I a text of the show rundown and what topics we'll be talking about that night. And um, he sent one tonight, and he's like, did I forget anything? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm hosting tonight, bud. So I totally forgot that. Since you work so hard, I'm guessing that you even found a story for us, Uncle Patrick. Oh, yes, I did. All right, perfect. It's story time with Uncle Patrick on the Hot Corner next, right here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. Is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Well, we have made it to the 847 or 850 segment, however you want to say it. And it is at this time... Gather around, kids, folks, everyone. Two, one, two, three. It's time for story time with Uncle Patrick. So I I, I planned this because it's like my my new favorite thing of all time. You get to talk for fifteen minutes about uh, baseball stories. You get to hear your own voice. I understand. Well, no, it's not that. It's just I love the history of baseball so much. But once I realized you were hosting, I was like, oh, dang, I'll hold on to this. I was talking to Mike earlier today as we were recording the Beers on Us podcast, which comes out tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Little shameless uh, plug there. Uh, that I that I have this. And this is going to be a little different than normal. Usually I've been telling stories about, like, incidents. Okay. But right now I want to talk to you about one of my all-time favorite players. And when you say that, you get me intrigued. Yeah. All right? One of my all-time I mean, favorite players in the history of Major League Baseball. Yeah, let's do it. I want to talk to you guys about William Francis Lee III, also known as Bill Spaceman Lee. Oh, yeah. Bill Spaceman Lee was a starting pitcher for the Red Sox from 1969 through 1978, and then also dabbled with the Montreal Expos from 79 to 82. And that's why I've never heard of him. Yeah, so Bill Spaceman Lee was a junk pitcher for the Red Sox. He got his nickname Spaceman from some infielder from the Red Sox that I don't remember his name, because who cares? He's an infielder from the Red Sox. And because- my soul there, Yeah, I got your back, Mike. I got your back. Um, because Bill, Bill Lee was the weirdest, most crazy speaking dude ever. Super nice guy. Big smile. <clears throat> There's a bar by my house called the Old Gold. Shout out to the Old Gold. They have a I've like. I've been there once. It's a very they, cool yeah, place. They have a hand. They have two hand drawn paintings of two guy, two major league baseball players by booths in the back for no reason whatsoever. One of them is Eddie Murray, and the other is Bill Lee when he was an expo. Can't blame him for that first one, honestly. <clears throat> right, Eddie Murray's great. Uh, and so Bill Spaceman Lee, the reason he was so crazy was because he he like he did yoga, and, and, and this is in the seventies. He did yoga, and he always ta- he talked about aliens, and he did all this kind of crazy stuff. The biggest thing that he is known for was he was he was controversial in his politics. So he defended things like Maoist China, like he thought that was a good idea. Um, he thought population control was a great idea. Hey, he was on to something. Yeah, right? He was a big Greenpeace fan. But okay. also, he was super passionate about the school busing system in Boston, Massachusetts. Like, just like elementary school buses. And yeah. Just- yeah, yeah. To like, to like make sure school bus systems ran better and more efficiently. In Boston, Massachusetts. It's a weird thing to be an advocate for. Uh, He was a junk ball pitcher, so he he didn't throw the Ephus pitch. He threw the Leafus pitch. 
You know, like, th- this guy is amazing. In 1988, he ran for president of the United States of America. How well did he do? <laughs> uh, he got 2.3% <clears throat> of the vote, Let's which is go. pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, he is elected in the Red Sox Hall of Fame, so that probably helped him. And, you know, Massachusetts is a, you know, a fairly heavy political state. Uh, the three things he ran on, I'm going to give you the first two, and then I'm going to give you the third. The three things he ran for, ran on, two of them was he wanted to outlaw guns and butter because both of them will kill you. <laughs> hey, trans fats, yeah, those will get you, man. I mean, technically true, although yes. while some people might fight him on the guns, I'm going to fight him on the butter. Heart disease, number one killer in America. Don't Again, care, butter's he was, delicious. He was on to something. The other thing is, is that he wanted to, one of his main political, uh, you know, s- topics that he wanted to, to, to address was he wanted to eliminate the designated hitter. Okay. And I quote, the DH rule is what's evil in America. It okay, creates Bill. specialization. Ask any biologist or geneticist <laughs> what the number one cause of extinction is, and they come up with the same answer, over-specialization. <laughs> Our whole society is pushing toward that direction. So you're telling me that Bill thinks the apocalypse will happen because of the DH, basically. Yes. It was or then the baseball apocalypse. It was then later found out in 1980 he was on the cover of High Times magazine. Of course he was. This and also and also in 2013 in an interview with the magazine, he uh shared the fact that he really did smoke weed with the future president George W. Bush in 1972. Well, so did Harold and Kumar. Um yes, he, they did. He said that smoking pot and how he was total pro-marijuana is what got him out of the league. He said, it definitely affected me as far as getting along with upper management and everything else. But to thine own self be true, right? Always speak what you believe to be the truth. By doing that, you may tread on a few people's feet, but blank them. You can't please everyone. And it later came out that he, every morning, he made buckwheat pancakes and sprinkled marijuana over all those buckwheat pancakes. Not for the marijuana reason. Not at all. But Billy definitely just became one of my favorite baseball players of all time. I also want you to know this. In 2012, he signed a contract as a starting pitcher in an independent baseball league at age 65. Okay? Bill Spaceman (laughs) Lee is my hero. Like this dude is amazing. He was the he was Ricky Williams before Ricky Williams. Like he was the baseball version, the '60s baseball version yeah. of Ricky Williams. For me, it's like Mickey Mantle, Omar Vizquel, Frankie Lindor, Bill Spaceman Lee. Those are my favorite players in the history of baseball. <laughs> these are the, these are the stories. I'm pretty sure the first time you introduced the segment, I'm like, yeah, let's talk about. Uh, uh, the guy at Pittsburgh who did LSD or acid Doc before Ellis, start. Yeah. yeah. I was like, let's talk about whoever did cocaine before their start and hit, like, you know, four home runs or whatever. Everybody in the 20s. <laughs> I'm down for these drug stories. These guys are hooked on the weed and then end up leaving the league for it. Are way too hippie-like on High Times Magazine. You do Billy's legit. William Francis Lee III. Bill Spaceman Lee. William Francis Lee III. Are if there you- any highlights <clears throat> of this? Yeah, you can find them. If you if you watch uh, Baseball by Ken Burns, he's all over it. Like, when he gets to the 80s, he interviews Bill Lee all the time. And Bill's just there, I and, he's like, and he's, like, talking about the curveball, and he's totally a stoner. And he's like, 
the way you hold this ball and you, you, you put your knuckles right here. And then when the rotation comes, it doesn't sound like a California surfer, but it might as well be like, whoa, when I put my fingers on these stitches and the ball turns, you're like, whoa, it drops. Dude, I'm looking at pictures of him and it looks like he, this is either photoshopped or yeah, this is definitely photoshopped. Someone photoshopped like an astronaut, uh, costume or suit onto his body on the mound so it looks like he's pitching with a spaceman suit on bill spaceman lee he uh yeah i'm gonna have to learn up on him that was that was a good story uncle patrick anytime anytime thank you i appreciate it um so hour two coming up we got juan dulio talk jd martinez uh some younger players are kind of getting screwed by their own teams we'll explain how we'll and uh much more Come an hour and two. Keep hitting us up on the text line. Better you today. Text line 55305. Stick around. Hour two of the hot core coming up on 1080 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.